Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to the Huddle 1107 on this Sunday morning. If you missed any of our first hour today, you can podcast it. They, uh, it is up now uh, anywhere you get your podcasts or on the free Odyssey app. Great to have you with us this morning. We'll kick things off the second hour here talking a little Vikings football. Vikings are now 0-2 to start the season. But always a winner is our guy, Alec Lewis, from The Athletic. Alec, thanks for joining us this morning. Good to have you, buddy. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. 0-2, and I was talking to somebody this morning. I was like, I mean, this is, is every year just going to be impossible to analyze? Or like, oh, gosh, that's how's right. How's it going to go? Is this your first full season as a, as a Vikings beat writer? It's the second. So I started second. last year like a week before the season. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah, it was a pretty, uh, from what I remember, in, amid the whirlwind that was, it was it was kind of hectic. But, um, yeah, this is this is year two, and it's um, just as crazy kind of in an opposite way. It's a lot like riding a roller coaster, except you don't get a safety belt buckle. So uh, enjoy the ride. It's it's a it's a it's a fun one. It's not Alec good Lewis, for my health. I mean, I'm yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I will say I was up. I, I pulled an all nighter Thursday night riding, and then getting to the airport. But I just like from a from like a health of these games and the and I mean it's it, I, I don't yeah. know. I, it's, yeah. it's, this is something. Um, it's you, something. You got a lot ahead of you. Just make sure you go to regular uh, doctor's appointments. Uh, Alec, so the, the Vikings are now 0-2, uh, and, and the sky is falling, and everyone thinks um, that the season's over. But I, I want to focus on Kirk Cousins, because through these two games, statistically, he is still one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Through these two games, and at this point, if you're Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, are you listening to trade offers if you get them for Kirk Cousins to try to get something? Do you feel like maybe a deal will get done and to bring him back, or is it time to just cut ties? Because it doesn't look – I mean, I would be shocked if anything gets done during the season. Where do you think the future is here between these two? Yeah, it's a great question, and it is the question that I'm glad you started with because it's the one that we we knew if you followed this team was going to be looming over this entire season. I mean, I will, I will start with this. This offseason – Kirk Cousins and the Vikings executive personnel staff, what have you, they met with Kirk and they talked about something for the future. And, and, and Kirk, I can say, just didn't feel at peace with the offer that the Vikings were giving him. And I think he's aware enough and has done this enough to know that if you bet on yourself and you perform the way you believe you can perform, then you're going to be due for a really big payday for a team that, that, that could potentially be a, 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 a competitor like the 49ers, like the Rams, like, I mean, I mean, there are a lot of options here. So at this point, I have a hard time believing that with the way Kirk is playing and what the Vikings have offered in the past, that something's going to happen during the season. I think obviously it's always possible that things are revisited in the off season, but at that point, it's going to be a competitive market. And the price is at this point with how Kirk has played only going up. So it goes back to your overall question and raises uh, the question of like what what ultimately with that position is is the long term vision here, and I think it's 
among everything we could talk about with these first two games, I mean, that question, we knew it would hover over things. And I think with the way Kirk has played, which I think has been pretty phenomenal, given the offensive line and kind of the adversity that they face, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting one for sure. Alec, I've, I've never been worried about the offensive side of the football, but I always worry with the Vikings' defensive side of the football. They were absolutely atrocious last year. They're the reason that we even lost some of the games we lost because the, it, the, when it mattered, they couldn't make the play. And now all of a sudden, did, did Philadelphia expose our defense to the idea that we can't stop the run, do you think? Or was that just, that just the way it was in Philadelphia's offensive line? really just manhandled us, but other offensive lines aren't as good because, you know, DeAndre Swift has been with Detroit. We played against him there. We we played against this offensive line that absolutely just gashed us play after play after play and chewed up the clock. Is is that a, a blueprint for other teams now to that can run the ball to run the ball with against the Vikings? Yeah, it's a great question. It's one I've gotten multiple times since the game. And I've I've watched the film a lot and talked to a lot of people who, who study defensive football level I can't and from what I I I think I feel after just these conversations and spending the time is the Vikings curate they they curated such a specific game plan to stop the Eagles and their RPO based offense and I think in doing that they played kind of like a 3-3-5 almost college style to 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 affect what the Eagles base out of and what the Eagles try to do and I think the Vikings knew from the outset that if the Eagles got a lead and had to run the football it was going to be very tough especially if Marcus Davenport wasn't going to be fully healthy which obviously it turned out that he wasn't after his very few snaps in the first drive so I don't see it at all as a blueprint blueprint excuse me I think week one against Tampa Tampa played an entirely different style and the Vikings counteracted them with an entirely different style and they stopped the run pretty effectively in that game so I I don't see it as a blueprint I think it's more really a sign of like this Vikings team is gonna uh, uh, this Vikings defense of Brian Flores is gonna mix and match their personnel and their structure every single week to try to give themselves the best chance and uh and obviously when you when you are trailing early in a game like that on the road and you turn the ball over um, you, you you present an opportunity for the Eagles to run the football against a, a front that obviously made sense, and, and they did. Alec Lewis from The Athletic joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline uh, this morning. Alec, the other thing I took away from the game the other night is that it seems to me uh, that there is a shuffling here of the wide receiver ranks. K.J. Osborne can't seem to catch the ball. Jordan Addison uh, just keeps making huge plays. At some point here, are we going to see Addison move in to, or has he already kind of cemented himself into that wide receiver two spot? Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's the K.J. Osborne thing has been so interesting. Like, after week one, I was like, maybe just Kirk and his timing are off, or maybe – but it just, it just has not seemed fluid at all with Kirk's passing to K.J. Osborne. And I would say that, yes, I mean, from a target standpoint, I, I expect, honestly, from here on out, Jordan Addison to be the number two receiver target. Now, I will say – I think he's going to be the number three pass catcher target because I think TJ Hawkinson is going to get a lot of opportunities lined up on the same side as Justin Jefferson. Um, And I think, I mean, I've said this a lot, but after TJ Hawkinson arrived last year, he was a top 10 pass catcher in the entire NFL among all wide receivers and tight ends. And so I just, I expect him to be Justin Jefferson doing what he does, which doesn't sometimes make any sense. And I expect 
TJ Hawkinson to get targets. And then after that, I would say Jordan Addison is right there with what he's done and put on tape thus far. So, Alec, when we look ahead a little bit, obviously get a little bit more time uh, than they did this last week having to go up against Philadelphia from a Sunday to a Thursday. But now that they've got a little bit of time, what do you think about do the Chargers now, and, I, and I'm not saying the blueprint side of it, but the Chargers actually were willing to run the football and uh, did it pretty well against Miami and got 230 yards on the ground. I would expect to see that type of offense once again, and then occasionally Justin uh, Herbert's going to throw that ball up into the air. But it seems like they have the right team to play against the Vikings to potentially put us down 0-3. Do you see that as well, or do you think that I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm putting up the white flag too fast? Well, no. I, I, I mean, I think the, the Chargers' offense is dynamic. I mean, it is, it is tough to stop. Austin Eckler... Uh, is is a phenomenal back. Justin Herbert, um, obviously, I think everybody who's watched him play knows he can throw the ball downfield with with precision. Uh, they have receivers and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I mean, this is a tough offense that is not going to be easy to stop. And I think, I mean, more than maybe just the 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 blueprint slash stopping the run. I mean, just the the thing that I keep coming back to is the personnel on the Vikings defense just is not at a level that like the Chargers play the Titans today. And the mm-hmm. Titans have Jeffrey Simmons in the middle of that. They have Tyre Tart. They have all-pro safety-level play. The Vikings don't have anything close to that right now. And so I think it's really Brian Flores trying to get as creative as possible and then just let the chips fall where they may. So it's not going to be easy to stop that Chargers offense next weekend. Um, I do think the Chargers defense, though Brandon Staley is a solid mind, I think the Vikings can be able to move the ball. Uh, I mean, I, it could be like a, a, a high-scoring, just <laughs> like back-and-forth affair. But any of these games, I mean, these teams are talented, and it's going to be very tough. That's why for as much as the Vikings, uh, I mean, these first two losses, you, you talk about the turnovers and we could have won. Uh, I mean, it's just tough to, to, to dig yourself a hole in this league where these teams are all so tight together. That is Alec Lewis from The Athletic. Check him out on The Athletic, joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, Alec, uh, no one outwardly in purple will ever say that the white flag and panic button have been pushed. Uh, 0-2, if it turns to 0-3, I don't necessarily think anyone loses their job this year, but at what point, or is it already there, do people go, all right, uh, this is just isn't going to happen this year. It's just not, this is not going to be like last year. This team is not the same team. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very, it's a good question. It's something I thought about uh, Thursday night. I mean, after the game, I was thinking, you know, like how, how do you view right now, like where things stand? And, and I mean, I think overall there are reasons to ask certain questions. One of them being, you have this interior of the offensive line with center Garrett Bradbury, who they brought back, left guard Ezra Cleveland, who was originally drafted to be a tackle and it, it just has struggled a little bit, and then right guard Ed Ingram, who just point blank is a backup guard right now, and you didn't beef up that grouping. Uh, instead, you went out and signed a blocking tight end. I mean, I think there are reasons that you, you hear that and you, it's just, it, you start to ask questions. I mean, I think in general, these first two teams that they played – in Tampa and, and, and the Eagles, I mean, Tampa's front is very tough. They are. They're going to be tough for everybody in the entire NFL. And the Eagles are a really talented team. So I'm not – I don't think it's fair to just wave the right white flag and go crazy. But 
Um, yeah, I mean, questions deserve to be asked in an industry and a sport where results are the thing. And especially when we've talked about the quarterback situation that is so uncertain. You didn't sign Justin Jefferson, who is arguably the best receiver uh, ever at his age. Um, you didn't sign him to an, a long-term extension with the price only going up. And there are reasons to ask a lot of questions right now, and I don't think those are going to stop if the losses continue to pile up. And Alec, I can tell you that was exactly something when we were talking about Justin Jefferson just last week, we were saying, you know, every week the Vikings wait. Mm-hmm. I think this is a bad decision financially for the GM because the longer they wait, the, the guy starts out with nine, nine catches for 150 and backs it up with 11 against, with 160 against Philadelphia. So his numbers are there and they're just going to have to pay him at some point. And he's, he's <laughs> obviously waiting and wondering himself probably. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission but that number keeps going up when I look at the offensive line though and we talk about Kirk getting hit all the time and we've got some questionable guys we've got some guys that are out um how is Darisaw right now I mean is I know we've got a little bit of extra time but is he in a spot where we're concerned about him for the next game as well yeah I mean the Vikings and Kevin O'Connell talked a little optimistically about having him this upcoming week after the game Thursday night, but I'll tell you like I watched him pretty much through binoculars the entire pregame, and he was lumbering I mean it just did not look fluid at all he just i mean Marcus Davenport looked better than him, and Marcus Davenport only went three snaps in terms of just the way he was walking around the field i mean it just it was a big uh it's just hard to watch. Christian Darisaw trying to move around, honestly. And so I, I don't know. And it's, I mean, I've thought a lot about Christian Darisaw, who is, I mean, I thought he would ascend to a pr- pretty much all pro level this year, but health has been a thing for him going back to the time he was drafted. I mean, obviously the concussions last year, um, but it, I mean, this is a guy they absolutely have to have with the interior being what it has been. And, and yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I think they spoke optimistically, but we'll see probably as the week progresses how, how, how things look. I'm continually amazed at year after year how this franchise can miss and not have an off- good offensive line. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I feel like every single year, Alec, it, they draft a, a massive amount of linemen and they almost never pan out that right way. How can you put – and I know maybe this is a question for your mailbag next time. I just – to me, the most frustrating thing of watching this team for more than a decade is with all the time and effort that they've put into that position, how at any point have they not had a really top-tiered offensive line more than once or twice? I mean, it's, it really – I mean, the more I've listened to people here who have rooted for this team for a long time and analyze – I mean, the more I listen to that comment, like mm-hmm. you, from many people, I mean, I just – it's almost like an empathy. It's mind-boggling. Where I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. But it's like I, – I mean, I, I'm from Alabama, and I watched Alabama yesterday, and it was brutal. And, like, part mm-hmm. of it, it – it, I mean, part of the difference between – man, sometimes it's so easy to watch teams play and sometimes it's so difficult. Like, it's not that complicated. If you can block – you give yourselves a chance 
in a way that just makes everything look so much more fluid and smooth. And it's boring to talk about. It's not the sexiest thing in the world. But as, as people here know very well, I mean, the benefits that you can have when you have that and the, and the, the trouble you can have when you don't is, is – is it's just mind-boggling and i know frustrating for people like you it's, but I, I i have empathy i know that it's the definition of insanity right if you expect <laughs> the same if you if you do the same things and expect a, a different result it's insanity that is truly what the vikings offensive line is alec lewis from the athletic thanks for joining us this morning man we'll talk to you soon thanks alec. of course thank you guys i enjoy it every time appreciate it um and yeah we'll see what happens it's an right. interesting time as always what a what a what a league um, so yeah, thank you guys. Well, there's nothing better and more interesting than covering the Vikings on a tough year. I'll tell you that you will get a lot of um, you'll get a lot of really interesting comments. <laughs> All right, we'll step thank aside. Thanks, Alec. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Uh, you are listening to the Huddle on 830 WCCO. Welcome back to the Huddle. Great conversation with Alec Lewis from the Athletic in our last segment. If you missed it, it'll be up. A little bit later today on the podcast, always make sure you check out our podcast. We do have some great, fun conversations. Um, I feel like maybe I owe a heartfelt apology uh, to to the Vikings uh, administration here of uh, Quasia Dofamensa and Kevin O'Connell. Because I, I, we talked about the offensive line, and it, it is mine. We, we've talked about the fact that every single Vikings fan knows for, for what amounts to be, at least in the decade that I've been here, probably more for others that this team has not had a good offensive line. They can never really seem to get a good unit. And they, they dedicate so much effort and time to, to drafting offensive linemen to the point where I remember Rick Spielman giving a press conference saying, my wife told me if I don't get an offensive lineman in the first round, I should probably just not come home, something to that effect. <laughs> and maybe maybe that's not fair. And, I, and I'll be the first to say, maybe it's not fair yet to bring that up with this current regime they've only had one or two drafts i don't know how many of those off the top of my head have been offensive linemen uh, and it's too early to say whether they're going to pan out or not but i do think that if you're a fan and someone who's been a fan of this team for a long time and it, it is really is you watch other teams offensive linemen and offensive lines go from good better maybe they're bad but it just never really seems pete that this team and this franchise has had cohesion enough to the point where it, it it's successful. And mm-hmm. when you think about the passing game, the reason the passing game is so good is not because Kirk Cousins has great protection. It's because he's played really well. When Adrian Pe- you know, Dalvin Cook probably would have been better, I think, if he had a better offensive line. When Adrian Peterson was great, it was not really because the offensive line was because he was just an outstanding running back. Mm-hmm. How does this keep happening? <laughs> Well, you know, I don't know that the Vikings have been committed to the right style of offensive line when they've actually gone that direction. And the other thing is, is there a year that goes by where we don't take a cornerback somewhere in the top uh, two or three picks? I mean, and and it's been a, a bust almost every single year for whatever cornerback it is that we decide to take. And, you know, we've had a little bit of luck here and there with safeties, maybe. Um, but I think the reality is that the offensive line is a really important unit, and and we all like to talk about it all the time. I just don't think the Vikings have ever really fully committed the proper way to, to analyze who it is that they want. And and I think that, you know, what I mean by that is when you look at the different conferences, different teams, and you, you decide to make some of those draft picks, Dave, um, 
you've got to find somebody that fits into the, what you are running as an offense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, and I even look, uh, I think Darius is, is a very good player. I, I yeah. do. I don't think he's quite as great as the rest of the world. The rest of the world seems to think he's like a top three or four uh, offensive tackles. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with that at all. But, um, but you know, he's he also played at Virginia Tech. I, I look at certain things and I say, you know what, what teams in college look a lot like the team in the NFL that needs to draft them? And I think when you figure out those fits, you do much better with how you are drafting, especially offensive linemen, because many of them, you know, it has to do with what that, what that running and passing attack looks like yep. at the college level. And we just... We have never made that mesh make any sense, and I think that's been part of the problem as well. We just have had so many misses on the offensive line, as well as some of those in the secondary, um, that it's just—it's it, actually remarkable. And it doesn't really seem to matter which regime it is; they—they they mm-hmm. just stumble when it comes to that. So, really quick, I know we're up against it, but I want—I want your thoughts on this, Pete. If mm-hmm. because I thought we—we we know Kirk's played well. <clears throat> excuse me, throughout the first couple games of the season. I thought Daniil Hunter looked better last week than he had yeah. uh, the mm-hmm. the entire season. But both of those guys are basically on expiring contracts. You you have two phones and they both ring. <laughs> One of them has an offer for Kirk Cousins. One of them has an offer for Daniil Hunter. Mm-hmm. Who were you answering first? I would, I'd answer the Kirk Cousins only for this reason. Uh, yeah. His age. And I, and I look at where he is, where he is in his career, and I think he's great. I really do. I think Kirk does an amazing job. But that being said, I think you could get a lot for him. And, and, and you, you would probably be able to get some picks that would be, or players, but mostly picks that could be really meaningful for the franchise over the next decade. And I don't think you get that with Daniil. So that's why mm-hmm. I would probably pick up that one first. Uh, Cities One Plumbing Talk and text line 651-461-9226. Someone says, uh, text into us, look at the – Options the Jets have at quarterback now. That's why you have Kirk. Stupid conversation. Um, well, I would actually say that the Jets have better options at quarterback after Aaron Rodgers than what the Vikings have after Kirk Cousins. If if I'm understanding that correctly, um, but I, I I do agree that without Kirk, there really isn't much to this team. So uh, not offensively, they they got to have him at least for the end of this year, and then uh, see what happens next year. We'll take a quick break, come back. We'll have more huddle on 830-WCCO. <laughs> it sure is. If you're waiting up for a good Vikings offensive line, you probably are a vampire by <laughs> That's now. Terrible. Sorry, it was just too easy. I'm watching, um, I was watching really quickly some uh, highlights of, of Caleb Williams, and I, I'm more and more in the, I, like, I'm more and more in the camp, Charlie. Just tank the season. Let's get Caleb Williams. I, I'm even past that. I'm on. I'm on team. I would give up a Herschel Walker type of trade. Oh no! Don't. Away. I would. <laughs> they never <Yes>. work. <laughs> I would. Oh boy. I would. I would absolutely do it. Oh, I would. Charlie, you're too young, man. Oh, I live. I maybe. <laughs> I. I, I think I am that confident that he is. Oh. He is the real deal. Well, I like you know. There's a couple things. Just watching, I forget what, what game this is from this year with their game against Stanford. Uh, he can sit in the pocket. I love that. Uh, he throws really well on the move, and then gets downfield and makes blocks, which I love. And he they put him all over the place. I mean, he throws all you know, running the off way, back shoulder. He's I like you know nice some nice passes into the tight end too. I I like him. He looks fundamentally sound. <laughs> Well, he's accurate, which we yeah. like, obviously. When you don't throw interceptions at, at the college level against reasonable, and we'll have to see as he gets deeper into the Pac-12 season, but uh, 
if he can stand and have anything close to the numbers he's already put up, uh, then I think that's really impressive. But early on, this is we're yeah. you know we're talking about three games that are pretty meaningless, and and Stanford's pretty awful. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. They lost to Portland State yesterday. Portland yeah. State. Oh, they're really good though. They've got um, that guy who. I'm just kidding. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Uh, let's go to the phones. City Zone Plumbing Talking text line 651-461-9226. Wally is here with us this morning. Hey, Wally. Good morning. So I'm just calling to remind you that besides the Vikings and the Gopher football, we have other teams in Minnesota, uh, like a baseball team that's on the way to the playoffs and hopefully the World Series, the Lynx that are fighting for their lives. But yet we got to have football 350 days a year <laughs> on all these talk shows and everything and it's kind of redundant if you opinionated shows. Nobody knows what the hell is going to happen anyhow. And oh, I quit point. watching professional football because of stuff like this and ESPN that's 360 days a year on football and TV and stuff. And I realize football is a, a highly popular sport, but I mean, there's other stuff. Let's support them and stuff. We have an exciting baseball team with a bunch of rookies, some from Minnesota. Let's talk about stuff like that. All right. Get some interest in it. Thanks, Wally. Thanks very much. I, to be I think fair, Wally's, I think Wally's right. I blame Dave. Blame Dave. <laughs> Actually, Twins are next on my are, are next on my rundown to talk about. So it's a perfect segue. Although, to be fair, we're redundant about a lot of things, not just football. We recycle a lot. And let's we be are honest, not just though, a one-trick pony. And Dave, but let's be honest. There, the, the you've got professional football and you've got college football, yeah. which is basically professional football, and you've got every every you know from Division three all the way up to the very best mm-hmm. of the best. And you know, all you've got to do is look at the numbers, and you understand football is three hundred sixty-five days a year because there's always something to talk about. And we've and talked about that. Yep. And it's free agency. It's the draft. It's it's everything. So. You know, and the the other sports are not like that. I mean, mm-hmm. most people don't even know when the draft is for a lot of the other professional sports. Correct. So, you know, I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just saying that th- this is the reality of it all. And well, and, 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 and we is. did talk about the Twins. We talked about yes, them. Yes, we did. The fact we already that talked about them. Yeah, they're 5-5. Five and five. It, it, Pretty much uh, the entire year, they're 5-5. Five and five, And they're 78-71 and 71 right now. So we're a little bit better than 500. I, and, I would also know. like to add here that... And, and I've heard this in, from my years in television, too. This idea of, of supporting our teams mm-hmm. is not necessarily – and I don't want to say it's our job because we do have to cover them and, and talk about them. And, P.S., they don't care if we talk about them. They are not – the baseball – the Twins are not sitting in the clubhouse right now listening to us going, well, when are Dave and Pete going to talk about my, you know, my <laughs> next Grand Slam? My name's Royce Lewis. <laughs> Dang it, why aren't people talking about me? Uh, listen, I wish he was. I wish Royce Lewis was sitting by the radio right now. Hi, Royce. You wonder when we're going to talk about you. It's coming up. I don't think they do. I know they don't. Right. So the whole idea of supporting teams, and, and, and I get it, and we do support them. We do root for them uh, because it is fun to talk about winning teams. But they're not looking to us for support. Well, That's and, pretty obvious. And back to football, let's be honest. It's what people want. You look yeah. at the yeah. numbers. Well, except it's, Wally. It's, it's, except Wally. But most people, they want. I love. I'm a baseball guy. I want baseball. I, I want to listen to baseball all day, every day. But football is religion in this country, and yes. uh, that's just a fact. 
And if Royce is listening, give us a call, man. I would love to talk to you. <laughs> he's been on before. We, we've had him. Love on. He, well, oh, let's, he's a great kid. I'll yeah. tell you what. He he is uh, one of the most exciting players in, in, in for the Twins in a long time. Um, yep. uh, other than you know Byron Buxton when he, when he was coming up, although I don't know that the excitement level was this high. This what this kid's done with grand slams and and just how amazing he's been right now is is really impressive and the twins are now seven magic number is seven games i think they have 13 or 14 left is that right charlie yep and they end the season against colorado and oakland right Mm. and and so and Mm -hmm. so the you know seven games they're going to clinch actually this was what what i wanted to ask you guys and and my thought is did they do you think that they will clinch this week when we come on the air next sunday do you think they will clinch? I think they will. I think this is the week that it that it happens. I think Cleveland's going to go the wrong way. They're going to go the right way, and I think they clinch this week. I would agree, and I but I'd also say I, I I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we're five and five next week or something <laughs> close to that. <laughs> uh, Sorry, that Wally, but the, it's reality. <laughs> that should be the theme. You know, the theme for our show, Pete and Dave, where we're always five hundred. I, I, I think they're within <laughs> one game of clinching by the time we, we come on. I, I mean, think so? the, the Guardians are playing the Royals. Eesh. Yeah. Uh, Boy, they a... got the Royals. They got they got the Orioles, and the Orioles are fighting still. So uh, that'll be a tough matchup. Uh, the Twins have the Reds, who are not terrible, and then the Angels without Shohei Otani, which we mm-hmm. didn't even mention. Out for the season. Done. He's which no is one. a total bummer because I would yeah. have loved to have seen him play uh, in person. He is one of those guys. That, that you just want to say that you saw at some point. Mm-hmm. Well, um, maybe, well, did you say that maybe Guardians at the home, Royals? Maybe at home at Target Field next year, Dave? Uh, there's know, not who's... enough money and there's, there's not just... enough players to, to get that to happen. <laughs> who's to say? God, it would have to be. You'd have to literally trade the entire starting rotation. Well, so it wouldn't be a trade. He's, he's a free, free agent. agent. He's a free agent. Yeah. Uh, did you say the Royals and the Guardians have the Royals this week? Yeah. Oof. What do you think the is that a, is that a national game at all anytime? No, I'm kidding. Of course. What do you think the ratings for that game that series is going to be outside or maybe even inside either of those two markets? Wednesday afternoon Kansas City Royals wow. versus the Cleveland Guardians game. I I can't wow. imagine that will be well attended. It's a great stadium though. <laughs> Get there before it's gone. There's uh, yeah. there's talk about building a new one. Yeah, downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys see so the links are, are facing uh, elimination tonight for in the WWE playoffs, and they're they've gotten you know I think it's Connecticut, and they're they're just stacked. But the the way that their playoffs are, it's it's two the first two games are home, and then they and then now they've so the, the Leafs basically had to win one of the first two, and now tonight they have a chance to clinch here, which is odd. And it, like a, a three game series is really weird, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. That well, well it's, I. I isn't that what they've done always, though? And I think it's it has probably more to do with the number of games they actually yeah. play during Dave, the season I, and all of that. I, I believe you are off. It's still in Connecticut. It's game two tonight. Thank uh, you. You're right. Sorry, it is yes. game two tonight. Yes, yes, not yes. Sorry, that's what yet. I meant. They need and then to game win three would have to come back here. Yeah. Uh, also, not Plumbing tonight. Talk. It's at noon. It's right when we get off air. It's right when it's today. Yeah. That's seri- uh, I think Connecticut won that first game by, like, 30 points yeah, it was, was about like 30 they, they dominated that game yeah it's a tough year for the Lynx. one more uh int- not interested in football go twins on the city's one plumbing talking text line <laughs> <laughs> oh <bad> boy 
All right. Well, we'll take a break. Come back. Maybe we'll talk some more Twins. Actually, we're gonna we're gonna step away from football and we're gonna step yeah. away from baseball. I want to talk a little hockey when we mm-hmm. come back. Uh, the hockey season is almost here, and I will give you reason to be excited. That's coming up next on the huddle. Welcome back to the huddle. Few minutes left with you here before Inside Twins takes over, and then Twins uh, have their first pitch today against the White Sox. It's a one ten start today for your Minnesota Twins, hoping to clinch the AL Central at some point in the next uh, couple couple of days. Maybe we we just talked about that. Uh, I think I had said it was this week. Charlie thinks it'll be close, but uh, may may happen next week. Did you? Um, have you got a chance at all? So I, I actually had a chance on Friday to call. I was back on the mic. I did uh, called color commentary for the wild prospect scrimmage against St. Louis, hmm. which was a lot of fun. I had not done color commentary in about 25 years, <laughs> but it's fun. I had a blast. Ben Gislason, who is our a name that some folks might remember. His dad was Eric Gislason. He used to work in television here on the Twin Cities. Ben is the uh, play-by-play guy for the Iowa Wild, so he was on the call. Uh, but we did not get a chance to uh, see Connor Bedard, but he played yesterday in the scrimmage against the St. Louis Blues. His first game as a professional, granted it was against it was prospects, and it looked like prospects, right? I mean, this kid, but, but he was amazing. He is incredible. Some of the goals that he scored, and, I, and we talked about this off air, but that second goal where he is skating backwards into the corner below the faceoff dot and takes a shot that goes top corner, far side on the goalie. I, I mean, this, that's a degree of difficulty of about 1,000. This kid is so talented. And, and this is exactly what you'd expect he would do against prospects. But, wow, I mean, this kid – is really exciting to watch. The fact that he lived up to it, Dave. I mean, you yeah. know better than anybody, but hockey's a little bit different sport, obviously, mm-hmm. than football and some of the and basketball, where your individual side of it, uh, oftentimes you can kind of create a little something. He he did more than create. Yeah. And, and I I watched some of those clips about what he was doing with that <laughs> the hat trick that he got. And yeah. To your point, I mean, the fact that he's able to get that puck to the upper corners the way he did, he's like it's like a quarterback throwing absolute darts. I Dines. mean, yep. uh, unbelievable. It really yep. is. And and I actually took it a step further. I wanted to know a little bit more about this guy. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, he is jacked, Dave. He is. He is. <laughs> he's, he's muscular. He's kind of that physical freak who's really working hard and trying to, you know, do the things that he's supposed to do to keep his body in great shape. And Obviously, he's young, but he is he looks like a special kid. And I think it's always unfair when people say, well, he kind of reminds me of Connor McDavid. It's like, yeah. oh, let's not get too far in front of ourselves here. Yeah. But they got the same first name. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, well, he does look of, the part. In terms of hype, I'd say it's probably pretty close. The, the yeah. one big difference between Connor McDavid and him is Connor McDavid, I think, is 6'1", 6'2", mm-hmm. maybe, whereas Bedard, I think, barely hits 510 um but it's a, it's not a big man's league anymore you, know, you don't have to be huge in the nhl he reminds me you know you, you want to talk about a comparison he's not marco rossi for the wild but i think in terms of who they are physically height wise uh, weight room wise strength wise their games are similar but there's uh, you know this is and best case scenario i think the wild hope marco rossi could could become some 
semblance. He's not going to become Connor Bedard or even close to that. But Connor Bedard is incredible. He is a I don't other than McDavid. I don't know, and maybe Sidney Crosby, a player that has had so much hype coming out, and and you said lived up to it. I agree. He he. People will say, oh, it's a prospect game, but. If you're going to dominate, like you should dominate that game if you're Connor Bedard. Just like mm-hmm. if you if you took Kirill Kaprizov and put him in that game, he should have four or five goals. Like that's that's what you expect. You expect maybe uh, that even if there is a couple of little things that he's got to tweak, and, and it might take him a little bit just to get up to the speed. But he was heads faster than everybody on the ice. Yeah, it's it, it's it's just special to watch somebody who actually controls the puck the way he does. Uh, it's it's like something you you just. You know, you think about when you think about Gretzky and you think about McDavid, yeah. and you think about some of these greats and and obviously this is one game, gets it and he he did everything you expect. So at least he's living up to it. And I'll tell yeah. you, um if, here's a question for you, Dave. He's mm-hmm. he's in Chicago. He's there for the right reasons. He's that pick for the right reasons. Yep. Is he are does he have enough around him though for Chicago to become more competitive? almost immediately or not. I mean, because we both know it takes more than one guy, but do they, yeah. have they, have they added enough to make that team uh, competitive or no? I mean, it's hard to tell at this point because it's still so early to see what these, what their lineups look like, who makes the team, who doesn't. Um, but I can, I can tell you that one guy in the NHL, one to two guys, especially a guy like him, Mm-hmm. can really, really make a huge difference. I mean, if he's going to score you know, every other game or be a point-a-night guy, they do have Taylor Hall in there as well, but it kind of drops off a little bit after that. Mm-hmm. Um, defense is, is okay. Goaltending, I mean, you know, we'll see what, what Peter Morazic still has. Um, but, I, I, I mean, it's hard to say because even Patrick Kane at his best still had uh, Jonathan Taves. So it's it's tough to say that one guy can change everything, but they'll probably, I mean, certainly it'll be an an, uh, an immediate upgrade with him in there. I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Pete, is there a game? Uh, well, there's no Vikings today. So is there a game on the NFL slate that you're really looking forward to seeing uh, today, <laughs> tomorrow or Monday? Yeah, you know, tomorrow is um, Monday. Sorry, I think I think it's a great question because when I look at the the lineups, there are certain teams that I wanted to see. But Green Bay, the way they're they're beat up right now, I don't know that you're going to be able to see the Green Bay team that we'd like to see. I'd like to see the Lions, but the Seahawks aren't all that great. I'm looking forward to the Chargers only because I want to see what they can do after that loss to Miami. Miami is it was unbelievable. The Chargers were unbelievable. Somebody had to win, and and the Chargers lost. But uh, the Titans are interesting. Um, I always, it's always interesting to see a team that runs the football as much as they do. So to see that running game against the pass, that should be pretty interesting. Should be a fun Sunday of football. Thank you both. Great times today. Enjoyed it. Make sure you download the podcast wherever you get the free Odyssey app. We will see you next Sunday. Have a great week, everybody. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.